Trevor Ben's shite-sized chunks. Now, I've talked about my godchildren on the show quite a lot. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, and there's one thing I love about kids is the fearlessness of a child. The honesty. The honesty and that just uh, carefree attitude. Yeah. I don't know if when you were a kid you would uh, you would write letters to grown-up people. Only Santa. Only Santa. The main grown-up, yeah. And, the, only uh, grown up I, <laughs> the only grown-up I gave a shit of his opinion matters, yeah. <laughs> and did you uh, did he always uh, come up with the goods? Always, yeah. Well, you were a good boy, I guess. Yeah, just about. <laughs> well, I've been reading about a uh, seven-year-old boy who has applied to become a football manager. Not a footballer? No, a football manager. No? Uh, Aim he, low, I like it. He supports Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Aim even lower, good. <laughs> and he uh, wrote to club chairman uh, Kenny Cameron and said, uh, Dear Kenny, it has come to my attention that we now have a vacancy at the club. I would just like to take the opportunity to put myself forward for the role of manager. I can listen to the board and work alongside them to create a stronger team. I can also help the players to develop new skills, as I have attended several hot shot courses. There is no way this seven-year-old wrote this on his own. <laughs> no, you're probably right. This has got a helicopter parent's handwriting all over it. Not literally, but... <laughs> uh, he also says he plays on the school's football team, and he'd like to think that um, he could get on well with anyone and that he'd speak to all kinds of people and get the players performing better as long as they can help him with his homework. Oh. Uh, I don't think he's going to get a job. No. But if, do you know what? If I was a chairman, I'd go, I'd give him a go. Would you? Yeah, I mean, if you're Inverness Caledonian Thistle, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just go, yeah, come on, give it a go. Think of him coming out with his little suit and tie on. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not give it a go? You've got to have balls to do that, haven't you? Yeah. That's brilliant. I mean, just to think that when you're seven, you know, I could be manager, I could do this. I mean, he must have watched so much football and noticed there aren't many children on the touchline. There's a reason, though, isn't there, normally? <laughs> normally, there is a reason, yeah. Uh, so you never wrote any letters to uh, to footballers or anything? No, not not to football officials, no. No? I did once write a letter to Jimmy Greaves. Why? I didn't send it, though. Oh. I never sent it because uh, I wrote it in fury. I was going to ask, was this like a, a therapy thing, you know, where they say if someone's wronged you in some way, write a furious letter, but don't send it? That's basically what I did, <laughs> yeah. Um, what did um, Jimmy Greaves do? I, do you know what? It was it was unfair, really. I was, I don't know, I was probably about seven and I was watching my beloved Arsenal on the television and they were playing, I think they were playing Liverpool at the time and Jimmy Greaves was doing the co-commentary on the television. Hmm. And Arsenal had a shocker. We lost, I think, 3-1, if I remember rightly. And um, I got very annoyed by Jimmy Greaves being so negative about Arsenal. And I'd, all I remember was getting very furious. You did lose 3-1. <laughs> well, yes, and this, this was really what I was angry about. <laughs> and uh, I went upstairs and I, I wrote, Dear Mr Greaves. And I don't remember, obviously don't remember much of the letter, but I do remember the, the phrase... And I wish you would stop using such phrases as that just sums Arsenal up. <laughs> uh, the truth is, he was probably summing them up pretty well. Yeah, probably better than Phil Neville. Yeah. And who am I to question Jimmy Greaves? Mm. You know, one of the greatest players this country's ever produced. And there's me writing to him as a precocious little boy. But as I say, I never sent it. And it wasn't that I decided not to send it out of uh, perhaps embarrassment. It was just I didn't have an address to send it to. <laughs> I didn't know where to send it. No. That so. was the great thing about Santa. 
just handed it to the parents and they took care of it. Yeah, you just go Santa up the chimney. That's it. I, I once saw a thing about um, the number of children who do actually post their letters in the post box. I mean, I think when I was little, that never happened. I suspect I gave the letter to my parents for it to be sent and it, you know, was probably in in the bin. Do you think? Yeah. My next door neighbour, I seem to remember, set up a video camera to try and catch Santa. What, a kid neighbour? No, the, the the parents at the time said, right, we're going we're gonna to catch Santa this year. We're going to get proof he exists. I'm not sure what they did. Yeah, of course they didn't. Uh, I think they just had blank footage and thought, well, all his magic. That's a weird thing it, for an what, adult to do. I think I might have misremembered that, but wow. I think that's what they did. Wow. So were they trying to, to make things better for their children? Say, so, well, clearly he does exist because look, there's magic. He's not there on the footage at all. He's not there on the footage, but the presents are here. Therefore, magic. I suppose that's wise, because if you've got a cynical child, uh, that's one way of proving it. You know, you might get an extra couple of years out of that. Although, if you're going to go to that effort, <laughs> rent a Santa suit and sort of wander through the hall and look a bit... I suppose. Jolly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing about Santa, though, is because, uh, you know, you, none of us know for sure. None of us know for sure. You know, this is our midweek podcast where you don't have to be this nice. Oh, yeah, no, he doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, now, what I was going to say was the, the Royal Mail get thousands of millions, probably, of letters every year. It's just like, Santa, the North Pole. And uh, they do actually send them all on to the North Pole. No, they don't. They do, because there is actually a P.O. Box address where letters to Santa can can go. And they do make sure that they all are sent on, apparently. I bet it's a fucking landfill site. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> it. This is... You know, the the Royal Mail. Who do you think gets more letters, God or Santa? You don't need to write a letter to God, do you? I bet people do. Yeah, but he hasn't got a P.O. Box number, has he? <laughs> I don't think. The great P.O. Box in the sky. Because <laughs> I thought you could talk to God anywhere, anytime. I bet the Pope gets a lot. Oh, he, he must get a lot of mail. There you go, Pope or Santa? Uh, I think... Oh, I still think probably Santa gets I agree. more. I agree. Uh, I also remember as a kid right, writing a letter. Now, I have to tread a little bit carefully here. Uh, because I don't want to embarrass the person. And it's... I don't know where this person is anymore. It was someone when I was at school, so I won't mention their name, and I won't mention which school I went to. This but, is very sensitive. In the past, on the even on the live show, you've been happy to throw it, teachers under the bus, everyone's coming out, names, addresses. Yeah. This must be embarrassing. Well, um, it was during the time when I was doing the school play, and uh, therefore it meant mixing with uh, older boys in the school sick formers right and um I, you know what older boys are like they talk a lot of dirty nonsense yeah <laughs> right and um there was a conversation one day about um public masturbation and one of the older boys claimed claimed that one of the other older boys often masturbated on the train on the way home really apparently so now, I don't know whether this is true or not, but what I did, as I got to know the um, the alleged wanker, um, <laughs> I realised that he wasn't very bright. Ah. And the other lads were sort of taking the piss out of him a lot. And I must admit, I got kind of wrapped up in the taking the piss out of him, right? Uh, so I told him that... Uh, that I'd heard the rumour and that I thought it was an, an absolute disgrace that this sort of thing went on. And I told him that there was a public wanker police. 
the well, p there is the police for public masturbation <laughs> well no i i i said that there was the pwp the public wanker police and i know i, I like the, the police would use the word wanking in, the, in their acronym <laughs> i love that so i actually went there i, I wrote a letter and so did i said i've written a letter to the pwp naming you right. and i will send it <laughs> and for, i think briefly he believed me poor boy i don't know what happened to him i don't know what happened yeah the play finished i never never had anything to do with him ever again and i, I don't know to this day whether he was really knocking one out on a train or not <laughs> i have absolutely no idea all i do know is that if it comes to it the pwp will know all about it <laughs> <laughs> um what about in exams like stuff you write in exams I mean, we people write ridiculous things. I had a friend at school who um, who was very good at music, right? But he decided that um, he didn't want to do very well in his exam. And he just wrote bollocks for every answer. <laughs> no, he didn't. Well, no, I don't mean he wrote the word bollocks. Oh, that would have been great. He just wrote, like, a <laughs> lot of nonsense. You know, so I can't remember what was in the exam because I had no interest in it at all. But if you're musical, I suspect it would have been quite easy. Mm. So, And he got it all wrong. But he wasn't actually putting the word bollocks. No, 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 no. Oh. He wasn't writing the word bollocks. He was just writing bollocks uh, the question wasn't like what does the term vibrato mean bollocks <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. um, but he got something like three percent and there was this like huge thing about how can somebody so good at music be so bad what do you have to lose to sing soprano yeah bollocks, bollocks. <laughs> Dick. Um, there was a there was a great thing uh i was reading it recently uh about um an exam and uh, they were asked in the exam and this was for quite young children so when i say exam it was probably more like one of those um, sats okay you know and they were asked um would you rather be stuck on an island all alone or with one person you hate now that's quite a philosophical question to be asking a child yeah isn't it i mean what how would you answer that well, I don't know how I would have answered it as a child, but probably, probably knowing me, I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere near anyone I didn't like. But now I'm thinking, well, I could stove their head in and eat their flesh. That might well, last a few more months. Well, you and this particular uh, eight-year-old, I believe he is, uh, have a, a very similar mind. <laughs> because he wrote, um, I would rather be on an island with someone I hate, so I have something to eat. Yeah. Um, that's quite amazing for... I think, it, I think it's an eight-year-old to come up with that. <laughs> I mean, how's an eight-year-old considering cannibalism <laughs> how do they even know i don't think i was aware of cannibalism at that age no i don't think i was and i certainly wouldn't consider eating someone i hate no <laughs> no you don't want to eat someone you like do you i don't want to, i don't want to eat anyone <laughs> but i mean imagine someone you hate i mean yeah you might want to stove their head in but you don't really want to be eating the skin and the flesh of someone you hate do you i've never tried it i've heard it tastes like chicken yeah, but they say that about everything, don't they? Everything mm. tastes of chicken. <laughs> you know when that... Uh, was it that the famous plane that crashed somewhere and there was a film called uh, Alive or something? And they, they famously ate uh, the dead in the plane uh, to survive. And um, I recently saw an interview with one of the survivors and he was asked about the process that they had to go through and the sort of psyching themselves up to eat the human flesh of their friends. I mean, these were their friends... I mean, it would be a bit like uh, you and I being on a plane and it crashing, you dying, and I'd have to sit and I'd have to consider eating you. Hmm. I mean, that would be a weird thing, wouldn't it? That would be a bit weird. Would you do it? I suppose if I had to. I mean, I'm already dead. You have my full permission. If I'm already, just make sure I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> and and don't go for any bits that would make me wince if I was alive. I'm not eating that. <laughs> 
I'm not going anywhere near that. I'm going where there's plenty of flesh. Okay. Oh, well, hang on. The buttocks. <laughs> the buttocks but, would like be. I'd like to add, there's plenty of flesh down there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, you, you apparently die with an erection, don't you? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, this this guy was apparently saying, look, it, you know, it was a terrible thing we had to do, but we didn't think of it as a terrible thing because we had to survive. And we just thought, if I was dead, they'd eat me. So, you know, it's first come, first served, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you and this uh, this kid, you've got very similar ways of thinking. Mm. I, I wouldn't be thinking, I'd rather be alone. Speaking of exam papers, um, I'm pretty sure one of my friends who was in a bit of a argumentative mood in his uh, religious studies exam, first question, just wrote the words, God did it, and then didn't answer a single other question. Wow. And then just had a sleep on his exam paper for about 90 minutes. Well, that's an interesting one, because surely he'd have to get some marks for that. Well, you'd need the, um, the marker to disprove his answer, wouldn't you? Yes, you would. <laughs> I mean, actually, there was a there was a, a maths exam once um, where a kid didn't quite know where to put. I think again, it was a SATs question, so you know, younger kids, and they were given figures like uh, I don't know, three hundred and twenty-two or something like that, and then they had to put the numbers in the right columns, like the so the hundreds, the tens, and the single units or whatever the third one's called. Okay, and basically, this kid wasn't sure. I think they only had to put the one number to answer the question. And because he didn't know, he just filled the number in each of the columns. So he got it right by getting it wrong, really, because he didn't know. But he just thought, well, fuck it, I'll just put it 666 on all of them. And and, and he passed the exam with flying colours. He passed? Well, they they couldn't not give him the marks, could they? Of course they could. They could have said the fact that you filled in every single column shows that you clearly don't know which the right answer is, therefore you failed. Well, I mean, that's the exam system for you, isn't it? You see, yeah. I should have been a philosophy teacher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the, the other things that I've, I've seen on it, uh, not just exams, but like uh, things at school. And of course, I recently talked about uh, discovering some stuff from my childhood. Oh, yes. Uh, at school. And uh, um, I came across this thing um, uh, where kids have been asked to draw pictures of their, a bit like the poem, you know, my dad had to, had to draw a picture of their dad and what they did for a living. And then at the top, he just put, my dad is the best cock ever. I think he meant cook. Oh, right. Okay. Unfortunately, he's given his dad in the drawing a chef's hat that is pink on the top and does very much look like a cock <laughs> uh, as you know I, I worked in a school for a few years and uh, there were lots of occasions where uh, paintings and pictures by kids were shall we say phallic and of course the kids not meaning it to be phallic but there was one occasion where a, a picture found itself in the staff room and the teacher said look at you know this kid's drawn this i can't remember what it was supposed to be but it just looked like a giant cock <laughs> And she said, I can't put this on the wall. Like, this is this kid's bit of art, and they're really proud of it. But if I put it on the wall, it just looks like I'm putting a big cock on the wall. But w- would any of the other kids be any the wiser? No, but I suppose if a parent comes in or something, you know, I mean, I suppose that's the thing, though. you kind of got to put it up, because the, the kid's not actually drawn a cock. It's just the way it's come out, it looks like a cock, mm. uh, which is, you know, unfortunate, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, and finally, I'm just going to finish with my favourite. And this this wasn't one that was to a teacher. It was done as a little note to the child's mother. A little love note. And that's a lovely thing. I suspect if you're a mother and you get a little note from your child to say how much they love you, it must... Oh, right. I wonder what you meant by love note. I thought it was like Oedipus or something. (laughs) No, no. You know, a little note that just says you're the best mummy in the world. Oh, okay. That sort of thing. And uh, this little child, uh, little Brooke, had written a little note for for their mum and just said, um, Dear mum, 
thank you so much for being my mum. If I had a different mum, I'd punch her in the face <laughs> and find you. <laughs> Love, Brooke. Aww. <laughs> and that's it for Science Science Jokes this week. Don't forget you can get in touch with us anytime on Twitter. At Trevor and Ben. And join us for a live show every Sunday morning, 9 to 11 on coinradio.com. Trevor and Ben's Shite Size Chunks. 